They are our leaders. They have made decisions that will affect our lives forever. But nothing will prepare you for this. World War III. 60 men, three rings, a battle royal where only one will survive. It's WCW NWO World War III. Coming soon to video. Hello again and welcome to the Retro Wrestling Podcast. This is episode number 77. I'm intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. Patrick, we're recording this tonight at Backlash 2018, which is one of the most heatless pay-per-views I can remember. You're not going to miss a damn thing, trust me. I won't be watching. I don't think a lot of people will. What else do you have for us from the news desk this week, sir? So, who knows of the legend, Smoking Joe Frazier? He was a boxer. Yeah. He fought Muhammad Ali. He did. He defeated him once. He did. And then he lost a second time, I think. He's most famous for being run down by Muhammad Ali. He was called a a big gorilla and stuff. Very insulting stuff, especially to another African-American. But a very... uh, Passed away a couple years ago. He did. But uh, a very famous boxer. His son is... uh, Who lives in Atlanta is training now with Heath Slater and is going... Well, he couldn't have picked a better trainer, huh? ...is going to step into the world of professional wrestling. Little side note here. His son, by the way, 7 foot 315 pounds. Just want to... I mean... Vince must have googly eyes when he sees this guy. He's... Uh, you. This is already a guaranteed WWE athlete. I mean, because Vince will take him and put him straight into NXT and... He's learning the basics already from Heath Slater, who's a WWE athlete. Athlete. So, yeah, I look forward to seeing him. I think he's going to do great things. Well, your name can get you in the door, but as we know with a lot of other wrestlers, you know, Scott Putzke, uh, you have to do more than that. And uh, so hopefully he goes about this the right way and doesn't think he's going to have things just handed to him. Uh, right. I mean, even someone like Cody Hall has still not been in the company yet, and he's been on the independent circuit for several years now. He's a guy that, you know, physically looks impressive, and he has a family connection. Yeah. But he's just not gonna be in the company anytime soon. So you have to you have to do more than just walk in with your fa- a family name. And even when you're in the company, uh, Curtis Axel, you need to somehow figure it out, because that'll only get you so far. I do think that, you know... Charlotte Flair was given a lot of things because of her family name, but she has been able to excel past, she's you earned, know, beyond that. Yeah, she's earned She's earned it. But she's also the daughter of the greatest, so, right. you know. Do- <laughs> doors a- were opened for her because of her name, but yet she, she still had to earn it, and I, I feel like she has earned it tremendously. Yeah, but that's that's an interesting story. I didn't know that. See, I'm learning things on the Retro Wrestling Podcast that Joe Frazier's son is involved in pro wrestling. Zeus Frazier is his name. If you want to. Go oh there. well, he can't use that name. We've already had a Zeus. I'm sorry. And if you have you and ever he can't seen, be the Z Man. Have either. you ever seen Boogeyman without his his face paint? Yeah, he's almost identical to him. Looks, wow, looks okay. almost like him. I I mean, swear to God, spit. Is image. he like jacked like the Boogeyman too? Like he's a pretty big guy. Okay. Speaking of second generation, we'll move on to third generation and Tessa Blanchard. I just happened to be flipping through the channels the other night down at the ranch and uh, saw uh, none other than Impact Wrestling, Tessa Blanchard 
making her debut and attacking my good friend Kara Hogan. Well, I'm really shocked that NXT hasn't signed her because she was in the Mae Young Classic, oh. had a very good match. Uh, I thought had one of the better matches in the Mae Young Classic, so I thought of this group of performers, I mean, she's one of the locks that she's going to get signed out of this, yeah. but then they didn't. It just kind of surprises me, but maybe she can still make more on the independent circuit than what a developmental contract is because, you know, of that May Young Classic group that they did sign, it was like that, that wrestler, that great Kali train that, that had no real experience, so would work for anything, but someone like Tessa Blanchard can still, and with Impact as well, can still work independent shows. She's not yeah. tied down to Impact, so she can make a lot on the road and probably, you know, the WWE probably lowballed her. They probably said, oh, you, you know family discount you know like it's interesting to see the wrestlers who stop by the company for a second like in the mayan classic or in the cruiserweight classic but then just go on about their business because it's rare because you think like oh well the goal is to get here but then they've had several wrestlers zach saber jr was in the cruiserweight classic they had kota abushi in the cruiserweight classic two top talents and they got told no yeah and so now you have female wrestlers doing the same that's kind of interesting. It's It just shows you uh, that wrestling and the independent scene is very hot right now and that you can say no and you'll be you'll be fine. Right, yeah. So it's interesting to me. I'd say up until a few years ago, it was like, what, are you crazy? Of course you're going to... You're not going to tell You're not going to say no. If they offer you 100 bucks a week, it's still WWE. You're going to be like, yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, because of the opportunity that it, you know, that it provides. But right. For them to be getting told no now, especially yeah, by a Tessa, by a Tessa Blanchard, someone with a family connection to uh, a third generation, you know, athlete, which they love to brand. You know, they love second gen and third gen stars. It's interesting. So it tells you that a lot of these developmental deals must not pay that much. So you know, she can go out there, build up her. She can do like Drew McIntyre did or Jinder uh, Mahal did. Go out there and come back and say, "What do you got for me now?" Because now I've done all of this. Now I build up my resume and get a better deal. Yeah. And get a better push. What are you offering me now? Yeah. It's like with AJ. I think well, I really exactly. believe AJ. I, I really had he not gone to New Japan, had he just gone directly from TNA at the time to WWE? He it, wouldn't have gotten anywhere near the money he He got. didn't have the street cred then. No. You're exactly right. For whatever re- in their eyes. I mean, in, yeah. our, in the fans' eyes, of course. Like, he should have been there... Years ago. Yeah, we've been robbed, you know, because we didn't get AJ in his prime in the biggest company, but... Yeah, I mean, we still... There was a chance that we could have had Shawn Michaels versus AJ Styles, which would have been, I feel, main event WrestleMania-style match. You know, that's caliber. Missed the boat. Yeah. We were late to the party. Or when Undertaker was having great matches, I mean... Oh, God, yeah, him and Taker would have had an awesome one. A younger Cena, Orton... Man, he had a whole list. You have a whole list of dream matches that you could have made that they're going to get to a lot of these. I mean, they've gotten to some of them, uh, but you it just what could have been, you know. Yeah. Had he not gone to New Japan and, you know, the fact that he got to skip NXT and come in at the main level, I de- that definitely wouldn't have happened had he not yeah, gone yeah. and built up his brand on his own. So Tampa, Florida has placed a bid to host at Raymond James Stadium WrestleMania 
for 2023, 2024, and 2025. The company's not going to go for that, hosting in, in the same location. I know they do a SummerSlam now where it's like it's every year in Brooklyn or whatever, but WrestleMania is something that they want to make like the Super Bowl, yeah, where cities bid for it. And they're not going to just take the money up front and say, okay, yeah, we'll give you three years of WrestleMania or whatever. They want to showcase it every year and get a better offer or get a better deal right. the next year. And and also their idea of being a global brand, you know. You're going to get a WrestleMania. I think you're going to get a WrestleMania in England. That's that's what I was about to say. Wembley Stadium will be WrestleMania one year so in, in the future, I believe. I could see them stopping by Tampa for a year, but I don't see... I don't see WrestleMania being like SummerSlam where it's booked. Three years in a row there. I don't either. Um, Well, they've seen what the entire weekend has become, and not just WrestleMania, but all the indie shows it brings, WrestleCon, all the events that come along with it, all the live podcasts, the, the comedy specials, all the interviews, just all the money that brings in, not to mention just booking hotels and booking rental cars and just all that it brings in. They've seen from the last few years just the what it's grown to, how now it's it's almost like a music festival type vibe, you know, yeah. uh, because it's it's not just one day. I mean, yeah, the WrestleMania is one day, but like... It's a week-long event. I mean, it's seven days nonstop. That's just within the WWE itself. I mean, yeah. that I mean that doesn't even include all the, the other shows happening in the same town because they want to attract all the same people you want to get it all yeah it's your one-stop shop basically so you can go see kenny omega wrestle and then you can go see you know roman reigns wrestle i mean there's not many weekends where you can do that in the same town so. well i was with you till you said roman reigns but. i i feel with you i'm i'm with you 100 i don't think that they'll stop by that i don't think they'll do three years in a row there we talked about the silver dome last week you know being imploded in the georgia dome so you've got all these facilities are like brand new yeah. So you have state-of-the-art facilities in every major city in this country. Yeah. And so you're not just going to sit and park at one, especially not to bash on Raymond James Stadium. It's actually pretty old by standard, you know, stadium years now. Right. You're going to want to go to another 100,000-seater or whatever and get the nicest stuff, all the new toys. I do see us having another WrestleMania in Canada. I see us having another one. Oh, Toronto for sure. I see us having one definitely in uh, in England. I, I really think Wembley Stadium would be the ultimate. Definitely think all that's and uh, on its way overseas, overseas, not not across the pond, but uh, like overseas, overseas, like you know uh, Saudi Arabia. Well, they've got about. a. It's a ten-year deal. I don't think it includes you know language that says you must bring a WrestleMania, but. They're going back later this year, so eventually, yes, eventually, yeah. You think but so? I, I don't know how soon it'll be, or even to run Japan. I mean, would be. Oh, that'd be huge. Yeah. Uh, so I just remember WCW doing the uh, the Super Show in Japan, and that was that was a huge deal. Yeah, they include the arena and all the video games, so yeah. the, you never can forget it. Uh, but they also want to expand in China, and so. You know, who knows? Like they did with the Greatest Royal Rumble, they don't even necessarily have to bring a WrestleMania there to run a huge stadium show. And then it starts at a random time of the day, but thanks to the network and tape delay, you know, we can just watch it anytime. You don't have to watch it live anymore. You don't have to set your VCR to four in the morning or whatever. But the problem is with this, while 
Well, you got to avoid spoilers. Yeah, the greatest Royal Rumble ever. I have my WWE app on, okay? Oh, notifications. Notifications. As the greatest Royal Rumble was going on, I was getting who won. Got to turn those off. Yeah. So, I was fucked. I knew the entire outcome of of the event before I was able to get home and watch it. Well, I didn't watch it because I read the results first and nothing had happened. Yeah, I didn't watch it either, but I'm just stating, you know... Yeah. It sucks not being able to have one. To get on online. You have to totally shut yourself off yeah. from the world. Yeah. You have to go, like, live off the land. Caveman. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't want to read spoilers for the Greatest Royal Rumble, so I'm going to go live in Amish country for a while. Yeah, exactly. Kane wins the primaries. Yeah, Glenn Jacobs won the Republican primary for Knox County Mayor. He beat... Brad Anders by just 17 votes. And once again, as I said, it would be a hundred and a hundred million in 17 if he'd asked me to come do an autograph signing with him. But no, he had to go ask Taker and he had to go ask Daniel Bryan. Skipped right over me when I'm two hours down the road. It's weird. Yeah. It's messed up. Bullshit, man. He'll take on Linda Haney in the general election August 2nd. So he's got some time to work some more events in there. He'll work. He might work me in. He might. Um, I might be busting his balls a little too soon here. Well, and to work some wrestling events. I mean, I saw him credited a lot of times uh, incorrectly as former wrestler. I uh, know this guy is still on the active roster. I mean, he was at WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. He was in the Andre Battle Royal. So, yeah, is one step closer to becoming Knox County Mayor. Libertarian Kane on the uh, the verge of capturing a... Elected seat. Maybe he'll be the next Jesse Ventura one day. There was a uh, a couple of awards given out over this past week. Did we win any? We did not win any. Oh, okay. That's unfortunate. Hulk Hogan was inducted. No, in- I'm scared to wonder where this is going. What is- <laughs> was inducted into the Boys and Girls Club Hall of Fame, uh, which I did not know was a thing. Fill us in. You have the class uh, well, in front of I, you. I wanted a whole page of every inductee ever. But I'm just getting the 2018 honorees. The ones I'll mention, it's all over the place here. A guy named Ed Arnold. I'm sure someone knows who he is. Candace Bird, PhD. Becky Bonner. But then we get into some celebrity. Matt Bonner, who was apparently a basketball player. Terrell Davis, who was a football player. Jason Derulo, who's a pop R&B singer. Hulk Hogan. Lieutenant General Leslie C. Smith... And Sean White, the extreme snowboarder who won the gold medal at the Olympics. This is all over the place. Uh, it's called the Alumni Hall of Fame, but I don't know if alumni who were influenced by their hometown boys and girls club. So, congratulations to. <laughs> no, there's some that were like state boys and girls club Hall of Fame, so those are different. There's one of the greater Kansas City area. Okay, that's the Boys and Girls Club Hall of Fame, and Hulk Hogan is the man. Congratulations are in order. for. for Congrats. It's one Hall of Fame page he will show up on if you click it today, unlike unlike the WWE Hall of Fame. And on a more serious note, uh, you have the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, you have the WWE Hall of Fame, the Wrestling Observer Newsletter Hall of Fame. Yes. But there's an elite class, and a very, very elite club, an elite club that... If you are the a part, club, no. If you are a part of this, you have actually made it. You are the real deal in the sport of professional wrestling. This is one of the oldest clubs in the history of wrestling. The Cauliflower Alley Club, held in Las Vegas, 
this past week, their award ceremony. Combat sports stars only, basically, get into Pretty much. This. Yeah. In the Cauliflower Alley Club, men's wrestling award this year went to none other, Greg the Hammer Valentine. And so, I uh, congrats to him. The tag team award went to none other than Stevie Ray and Booker T, Harlem Heat. So, congratulations to them and the Lifetime Achievement Award. This is the big deal. This is the ultimate ultimate. That means you have not only... You're not just being recognized with this. You're being recognized for your entire career. The Lifetime Achievement Award went to none other than the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels. So congrats to all four of those gentlemen. Patrick, you you missed the biggest one of all, which was, of course, the Charlie Smith Referee Award. Oh. To Mickey J. Mickey J. Oh, congratulations. I think is featured... In this he pay-per-view, is in this World pay-per-view. War III. Yes, yeah. Mickey J. Congratulations to Mickey J. Other winners included Rising Star Kevin Cross, the Lucha Libre Award going to Blue Demon Jr. Skinner, Steve Kern, awarded the Trainers Award. So there were two women's wrestling awards, Santana Garrett, who was in the Mae Young Classic, and Princess Victoria. The Men's Wrestling Award, Tony Storm. You already mentioned Greg the Hammer Valentine. And the... 2018 CAC Iron Mike Award went to Baron Von Rasky. So there you go. That is your notables from the Cauliflower Alley Club. Any other news from this week in pro wrestling? That's all I got, man. That's all I got. We had the greatest Royal Rumble in Saudi Arabia with 50 people. 50 men. Can you imagine a battle royal with 50 men? We're going to top that 50 men, and we're going to do 60. That's right. WCW years earlier many years earlier, over 20 years ago, was doing 60-man battle royals. And, you know, they weren't even as picky. You didn't have to go over the top rope. You could go through the middle rope. You could go through the bottom rope. You could get pinned, submitted. You just need to get the hell out of the ring. Also, that whole entrance thing, every 30... No. Everybody in... Fuck that. Everybody walks out at one time. A giant train of wrestlers. Everybody. I mean, I mean everybody on the roster getting in that fucking ring. <laughs> Everyone who shows up to work that day, anyway. Except for Hogan. Yes, which, yeah, Tony Schiavone was distraught that Hulk Hogan wasn't a part of tonight's event. We go back to November 22nd, 1998. World War Three, taking place at the Palace of Auburn Hills in front of 17,670 people in Auburn Hills, Michigan. The tagline, 60 men, three rings, one survivor. Now, there were many survivors if... This pay-per-view would be uh, much more infamous if only one man survived the entire show, but it turns out a lot of people did. But there was a 60-man battle royal, and strangely, their world champion Goldberg, uh, he had the night off. Uh, No need to book that world title match. Who cares about that? That old thing? The the more important thing is, who is he going to be facing next month? At Starcade. What is the selling point to me as a potential buyer of this pay-per-view that... Okay, you're buying to find out about the next pay-per-view, not about this one, Correct. which you could just watch Nitro tomorrow, and you'll probably find out. So really, this is a hard sell for me. Uh, one thing I was glad about, the 60-man battle royal, before we even get into it, they didn't do the three screens that they used to do on World War Three because that was difficult to watch. Three tiny screens, non-HD, so a small <laughs> four-by-three screen with three triangles of action 
and you couldn't tell anything that was fucking going on. But this year, they finally scrapped it. This is the final World War III, which is odd that we had multiple World War Threes. I don't know that that is possible to Did have World War Three multiple times. Were you wanting like World War Four? Yes, World War I wanted to move World on. Yes, VI. it's strange that the first two World Wars were serious conflicts, but World War Three was settled in a WCW ring four times over. Well, yeah. As most things are, where the big boys play. We get highlights from DDP and Bret Hart and Goldberg and the 60-man battle royal with all 60 names flashing on the screen, I think. It was very disorienting. Boom, 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 boom. It was so hard to read them. And the music was like someone just talking really fast. Like, what was that all about? Yeah, it was weird. It was very... Goldberg, the people's champion, of course, arrives in a limo. Yeah, man of the people, a baby face, shows up late to work in a limo. He's just here to watch and hang out, I guess, which is more than Hogan did. Welcome to the fourth World War Three. Tony Schiavone, Mike Tanay, and Bobby Heenan have the call. No Hogan tonight, and they would remind us several times. And Mike Tanay and Tony Schiavone, especially Tony Schiavone, is distraught at the thought that Hulk Hogan is skipping this event. And they're confused as to why he's not here. Here's why he's not here. He launched his fake presidential campaign, and that was his justification for missing this pay-per-view and next month's, and then showing up for the infamous finger poke of doom. He came out of retirement for one night and magically won the title belt. Strange how that happened. Crazy. Also, he's campaigning for president a full two years before the actual uh, presidential election. So a very early campaign announcement. Well, I mean, some guys do announce a little early, but two years is a little too early. Two plus years, basically, yeah. I mean, early to the game, Hulk. Do you see the Hulkster be actually running for president? Uh, Not anymore, no. I don't see that. I would vote for him. I would, because you know what? The red, white, and blue, it runs through his veins. Well, he should have that checked out, because it should only be one color, I think. Instead of starting the night off hot with a really good cruiserweight match or something, no. Oh, yeah. yeah. Start with plugging the hotline. 1-900-909-9900. Kids, get your parents' permission before calling. Mean Gene, for some reason, thinks a little man can win the Battle Royal tonight. He was wrong. I think I'm, I'm with him on it. Patrick, even though you bought this pay-per-view... You can call the hotline and get the results after the show. And listen to Bobby Heenan's recorded message, even though he's on the show and you can just listen to him live. So why would you do this? I don't know. Because crazy wrestling fans like you and I did this exact thing. Well, they made a lot of money off the hotline, that's for sure. No, you start out the night hot after a Mean Gene hotline plug with Glacier, Ray Lloyd. Ray Lloyd taking on Wrath. Yes, in this feud that seems to never end. Adam Bomb, yes, and he's on an undefeated streak. Yes, Brian Clark, Adam Bomb, Wrath, whatever you call him by. Taking they, on Ray Lloyd. AKA. Glacier. It's Mortal Kombat characters, even though Wrath has now given up his cool mask and his manager, James Vandenberg. He is now just a monster who's on an undefeated streak. I wonder who they're building him up for. It seems very odd that two men would be on a streak. It's almost like they're on a collision course for a random TV match. Glacier has a new finisher, which I was super excited. I wanted to see this. It was called the Ice Pick, which sounded like it wouldn't be performed with his hands. Uh, but I was... <laughs> it's the Ice Pick versus the Meltdown. 
Glacier sucks chance breakout, and Glacier can't get the big man off his feet. Ralph throws Glacier out of the ring and then throws Glacier into the crowd, so the crowd played the role, I guess, of the Titanic hitting the Glacier. <laughs> Heenan does his thing that he does, uh, he used to do during the Royal Rumble, where every person was his pick to win the Royal Rumble. So Wrath was in control. That is now Bobby Heenan's pick to win the 60 man World War III event. Tanae mentions Wrath is going to be on the Mortal Kombat show, which I vaguely remember. It used to air after Nitro, and it was produced by Time Warner. So now Wrath is getting into Hollywood. He's going to be the next... The uh, Mortal Kombat show. Yeah, there was a live-action Mortal Kombat show. Interesting. Yeah, it didn't last very long. But I just remember dinner at a movie with Macho Man Randy Savage cooking. Yes, which there are still some clips... Very small clips of that online. Wrath just ragdolls poor Glacier, Ray Lloyd. Throws him around, chokes him with the camera cable. The ref has to wrestle it away from Wrath, but can't. And now Glacier's tangled up in the camera cable. Glacier is getting his ass kicked so much he calls for a timeout. What a face thing to do. Glacier, though, hits the cryonic kick, but he hit it to the back of Wrath's head and basically into his shoulder, so it looked like shit. Glacier... Calls for the ice pick, and he's got a wrapped thumb, so I'm really interested in what he was about to do, but Wrath blocks the ice pick. He was going to examine this man's prostate or something. Wrath blocks him, hits the meltdown, which is just a pump handle slam, and wins the match. There you go. Wrath and Glacier on an unannounced match, I'm sure, starting this night off hot. I like this match. God, this was terrible. Glacier was just ragdolled. He had no offense, and Wrath, uh, Brian Clark, very limited. You know, this was just get the get the next Monster of the Month over for Goldberg. So, congrats, they did it. We head into a Bret Hart promo. Yes. This promo is so freaking good. I hope you put it on here. It's good because it was, you know, pre-taped, edited together. Yeah. I'm sure he had to do many takes. Pieced all, like, it was awful. The only odd part I found about it, so he calls out, it's heel Bret Hart. He calls out all the faces he can think of. Booker T, Lex Luger, Chris Benoit, and DDP, who he's wrestling tonight. I loved his reasoning for not liking DDP. He's got tattoos and piercings and stuff. He's a punk. Which, okay, what does that have to do with being a bad guy? I don't, I don't know. The odd part about this is that he was in front of a hockey net. Because Canada, I guess? But, like, well, yeah. so he cut this whole, this whole thing is shot in front of a hockey net, which is weird. The best there ever was. And the best there ever will be. Rip Hitman Hall! I'll tell you why I've been on over. I, I, I got something I gotta prove here in the WCW. I'm not afraid of anybody, see? I don't care who it is. Booker T, he thought he was the big shot, right? I had to take him. I almost crippled him. I almost ended his career. You know why? Because I don't like him. You want to take Lex Luger? Lex Luger! is nothing but a big, huge, muscle-bound idiot. He thinks he's got muscles. He thinks that makes a great wrestler. It doesn't. What makes a great wrestler is technique. Lex Luger, he's lucky. He's lucky that he even walks around today because I could have ended his career, but I didn't. I showed a little mercy. I don't like to show a lot of mercy anymore because it doesn't pay off. Now, you take Chris Benoit. Now, this is a guy that I took under my wing up in Canada. He wouldn't be where he is today if it wasn't for me and the rest of my family. Do you think he showed the same respect to me when I came to the WCW? No. Chris Benoit looked out for himself. He forgot his Canadian heritage. He forgot that I was like a brother to him. 
So what did I do? I took Chris Benoit and used him as another example. I set another example, and real, just a, just a little slight example. I ripped his elbow up. It's like, Chris, that's a little warning for you, okay? Next time it might be your head, next time it might be your legs. Maybe I'll take his legs and throw them out into the crowd. Chris Benoit, don't cross me. Don't ever cross me again. Now you take Dallas Page. Let me go back about Dallas Page. This guy is a punk. He had the nerve to come in the ring unprepared. I put my title on the line. I put it on the line against this punk strictly because this guy prides himself in being a people's champion. He has nothing to do with being a people's champion. How could they love a guy like Dallas Page, covered from head to toe in tattoos? He's got earrings and stuff. To me, that is a sign of a real punk. I take pride in the fact that I tried to end his career. And if everyone can look at me right now, they can go, Bret Hart, the hitman, did exactly what his name says. I'm the hitman, excellence of execution. That's me. Dallas Page, now that he's the United States Heavyweight Champion, I will look for a chance to rip him apart the next time I step in the ring with him. I will use Dallas Page as an example. He's unleashing like he never has before. He's scum. And if we're all lucky, he'll never ever wrestle again. I'm a people's champion. Stevie Ray, oh boy, this pay-per-view is kicking into full gear. Newly Hall of Famed member Stevie Ray. Well, of the Cauliflower Alley Club. Yeah. I, I didn't see it. I don't see a Booker T. I don't see a Harlem Heat getting into the WWE Hall of Fame. I can see it happening. Maybe. One day when they're desperate. Stevie Ray is out next with Vincent. Oh boy. Uh-oh. Taking on K-Dog. Conan. Rapper Conan. Yes, well, this is Wolfpack Conan. When Conan was at his hottest, the Wolfpack did the most for this guy out of the, all the group because the rest of the guys, they were already over. It was Conan who was brought up because he was in this group. Odile, Ariba La Raza, Wolfpack Forever. He's bowdy bowdy and he's rowdy rowdy. I didn't understand a single bit of what you just said. Conan locks Stevie Ray in a seated abdominal stretch. Oh, yeah, we're starting all fast. Yes. Heenan. Since Conan is in control, has now changed his pick for World War III to Conan. Vincent cheap shots Conan out on the floor. The camera picks up the slapjack in Vincent's pocket, so we see the plan. Stevie Ray puts Conan in a rear chin lock for ages. Stevie slams Conan but misses an elbow drop. Conan hits the X-Factor to Stevie Ray, but Stevie Ray pokes him in the eyes. And then Vincent, some miscommunication here in NWO Hollywood, as Vincent slapjacks Stevie Ray. Conan then beats down Stevie Ray, pushes down Billy Silverman, and gets a DQ. What a bunch of shit. Stevie Ray can't even take a clean fucking pinfall for Conan of all people. I mean, give me a fucking break, guys. This is bad. This night is not off to a great start. Booker T, despite being a face, is out to save his heel brother, Stevie Ray, who broke up the tag team, joined the NWO. Booker T, a stupid face wrestler, comes out and uh, protects Stevie from, I guess, Conan's rage. Stevie Ray and Booker then argue about Stevie being in the NWO. Booker, in a hilarious thing that the camera picks up, says, Hey man, it looks like you're out here getting your butt kicked. And Stevie says, Hey man, that's alright. He's alright with getting his butt kicked. Well, It's a brother thing, man. If the night wasn't going good enough... If I was getting my butt kicked, I'd want you to run and save me. And then get mad at me for doing it, of course. I wouldn't get mad at you. I'd have your back. If you join the NWO, it's over, pal. I'd have your back. You can't turn heel. Sonny Ono and the Cat. This is pre-James Brown Cat, but not Mortal Kombat Cat. This is in-transition Cat with Sonny Ono. What a tag match we've got for you folks. 
as they waste Kaz Hayashi, one of the best performers in the world, is now wasted in this match with Perry Saturn, of course, another karate expert, to take them on. Cat was doing a gimmick at the time where he offers five seconds for Kaz or his opponents to leave. He would turn his back for five seconds. Always a, One, always a great idea, two, Patrick. Three, four, five. Now, what? Well, as he's turning back around, who was he thought was Kaz Hayashi, he turns back around. It's Saturn, and Saturn just starts wailing away on him. But then Cat gets most of the offense against Kaz and tags in Sonny Ono, and Kaz. Luckily, no-sells Sonny Ono's offense. Ono then offers Kaz money to get out of this match, which is, I guess he learned from WCW, just throw a bunch of money at people and they'll go away. That's how you do it. Kaz has no use for money, so he tags Saturn in. Saturn fires up on the cat, but gets taken down by Cat's kicks. Cat hits a nice leg sweep to Saturn, scoop slams him, tags Sonny in, who kicks Saturn once, and tags out. Nice chicken shit heel wrestling there. But Cat does not want to come back in the ring, so Ono is fucked, as Saturn puts an STF on Sonny Ono. Then Cat decides to come into the ring and break it up. Kaz Hayashi gets in, and Sonny tees off on him with kicks. Kaz tries an atomic drop on Sonny, but Cat kicks him in the back of the head. Saturn belly-to-bellies the Cat, clotheslines him, T-bones him. Then Saturn grabs Sonny Ono in a front face lock, but Cat roundhouse kicks Saturn in the head. Sonny Ono then falls on Perry Saturn, and Sonny Ono, the guy you want to promote, the young up-and-comer, gets the win over Perry Saturn, and the heels win again. Listen, I told you from time and time again, Sonny Ono is a true badass... I believe he is one of the most deadliest men on earth. He, I, he could end Goldberg's streak. All right, I believe it. I have faith in it. I think they're building up. I'm building him up for something big. Well, he's got a, he's got a streak of his own here. He's undefeated now. He is. This is now four and zero for him. So wow, I think he could do it. I'm 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 jumping on the Sonny Ono bandwagon. Sonny Ono or beautiful Bobby Eaton is going to take me to victory tonight in the sixty man battle royal. Wow. You've got your picks. Jericho is backstage with Lee Marshall on WCW.com. Jericho says he's going to beat down Bobby Duncan Jr. and he claims to be the real killer of WCW. With Ralphus, of course. Match of the night next. Early on. What is this? Fourth match and we're already match of the night. Damn. This is pretty sad. (laughs) Billy Kidman, of all people, in his jorts and his wife beater. He's out next. He's going to take on Hoovy. Hoovy comes out to his music. Mean Gene says, hey, hey, wait right there. Wait a second. Uh-oh. Hoovy is now a heel because he's joined the Latino world order. Eddie comes out and says Hoovy has seen the light, and he's going to get the Latinos a raise. Ray Jr., who did not want to join the LWO, who I think lost a match to be in the group, comes out to argue with Eddie and says, hey, man, this is supposed to be my title shot. And I was like, please make it Ray's title shot. Please. Or make it a three-way. But no. Eddie says, I'm going to take Ray back to the back and talk to him about sacrifice. And Ray and Eddie, sure enough, just go to the back. And Hoovy goes towards the ring, now a heel. Amazing how quickly things can change. Yeah, he said he wasn't going to take this laying down. So, you know, we'll see. A sign says, Hoovy is groovy. Billy Kidman is in disbelief that Hoovy joined the LWO. Snapmare into a headlock from Hoovy, followed by a shoulder tackle. They exchange some strikes. Hoovy hits a Famouser on Kidman. Hoovy gets booed 
Amazing, he was going to get cheered up until three minutes ago. Head Scissors takes Kidman down, but Kidman hits a sit-out powerbomb to slow Hoovy down. Kidman hits a power slam followed by a guillotine leg drop for a near fall. Then Hoovy hits an Alabama slam on Kidman that gets a two count. Kidman slings Hoovy into the buckle's chest first and clotheslines him. Hoovy tries a tornado DDT, but instead drops Kidman throat first over the ropes. They get back into the ring. Kidman counters a missile dropkick with a dropkick of his own for a near fall. Kidman throws Hoovy out of the ring and lands a plancha to him. Hoovy then Hurricane Rana's Kidman off the ring apron, and Hoovy's back hit the edge of the ring apron so hard. I was actually fearful for Hoovy on this move. Yeah, it was it was ugly to watch. They get back in the ring. Hoovy hits a brain buster, my favorite move that no one seems to use anymore. Tony mentions, strangely here, Tony Schiavone says, these athletes actually tried to win the match. No shit. What a fucking concept. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. It's one of the things I love so much about the cruiserweight division. In the heavyweight division, we see so many personal vendettas, so many scores to be settled, and obviously you get that too in this division. But more than even in the heavyweight division, these athletes try to win the match. They know what, what makes them their money. They realize what they're in there for to win. And even though Juventud's attitude has changed, he's a little bit more surly like we talked about. He's still trying to win a match. And he's the champ. The old cliche is, you don't have to beat him, he's got to beat you. Well, Juventud's not doing that. He's going against the norm. He's trying to win the match. Listen, I love Tony Schiavone. The new announcer of Major League Wrestling, by the way, MLW. I, I, I really, I like Tony Schiavone a lot, but... He was not that good. No. <laughs> I mean, let's be honest. Well, and some of it, sometimes it was on him, but sometimes he was being forced to, you know, shill for Hogan or shill, you know. He was just taking orders and sounding like an idiot. Yeah. But it was his job, so. Yeah. And, I mean, from what he was early on in the NWA and WCW, yeah, you can definitely see that things did not... He didn't get better as time went on. Right. Missile drop kick to Kidman sends him rolling to the outside. We get a springboard cross from Hoovy out to Kidman that puts him down on the ring mats. A guillotine leg drop from Hoovy when they get back in the ring. Hoovy springboards from ring three into ring two and hits a drop kick. He almost fucked it up, though. On So now we're in ring two proceeding with the match. Right, that's the main ring that the match... All the matches were to be in ring two, but these guys were like, hey, we got three rings, we might as well use them. And imagine all the tickets they lost by having three rings for this event every year. You can't have 60 people in one ring. I just... The ring would collapse. Go for it. I want to see that. The ring would collapse. That's fine. I think it would be harder to get people out of the ring if there's 60 people. You're scrunched up together. How are you even going to get... See? Get in the middle then. Strategy. Yeah. You'd want to be the first man in the ring then. Billy comes back to life with a drop kick, but misses a stinger splash to Hoovy. Hoovy goes upstairs but gets crotched by Kidman. Kidman head scissors him back into the ring. Kidman hits a springboard cross from ring one into ring two, gets a two count, and the crowd boo the kick out as they thought that was the finish. Kidman gets back body dropped onto the ropes of the other ring. Ouch. Then Hoovy double springboards into a Hurricane Rana on Kidman. A Hoovy driver, but oh, Hoovy's gassed. He can't capitalize. Hoovy beats the 10 count, goes for the 450, but misses. Lands on his feet and hits a Hurricane Rana instead. It only gets a two count. Kidman hits the Kid Crusher, which is his face buster for a two count. A huge release German suplex from Kidman as Kidman wants to go for the shooting star press, but Hoovy stops and the crowd was on their feet for the shooting star. They... The shooting star was so over at this time. Now it's every match has a shooting star in it. (laughs) 
The crowd is on their feet. Rey Mysterio Jr. runs down, holds Kidman while Hoovy tried a hurricane run off the top turnbuckle, so Hoovy goes crashing to the mats, and Kidman, to the delight of everyone at the Palace of Auburn Hills, hits a shooting star press and wins the belt. And the LWO get into Ray's face, but Kidman has already split the scene. Eddie says, Hey Ray, are you in or are you out? And Ray takes the shirt off and throws it in Eddie's face. And, and then, takes off running like a chicken shit. And then all the LWO gives chase. But what an amazing match between Hoovy and Kidman. It's a shame that it was wasted on this card. I like I like the uh, the shooting star press. However, Brock Lesnar's at WrestleMania 19. Much so better. much better. This went 15-27, and I could have seen it go longer. This was an amazing match this between match. the cruiserweight division. Uh, it's a shame that it was on this card. And the two matches that would follow it uh, definitely stunk the place up. And every match that followed it would stink the place up. This was the highlight. And the way these guys were utilized in the 60-man battle royal really sucks. Because they put on this tremendous show and are just thrown out like jobbers in the battle royal. I would love to have seen... Well, we'll get into it. But I'd love to have seen a Billy Kidman or something win the battle royal. It would have been something different. I'd have been huge. We go to highlights from Nitro, because that's what I bought a pay-per-view for, to watch Nitro from the previous week, where Nash challenges Hall, and this chicken shit Nash just says, okay, I'll see you next week. Okay, whatever. Here we go. One of the dumbest things that happened all night. The first of two non-matches, by the way. Buff Bagwell brings out Scott Steiner. False fucking advertising. This is shit that would have made me mental if I had paid for this. So Buff Bagwell brings out Scott Steiner, who's going to face Rick Steiner. This is a long time coming, because Scott had turned heel a long time ago. Brother versus brother, here we go. We haven't been able to get a clean brother versus brother match yet. And all the WCW refs have said, no, Scott Steiner's too dangerous. So they bring out this goofy NWO ref, who is not Nick Patrick, it's some other guy, in the black and white zebra jersey. You talk about needing a prostate exam. This dude was hopping around so bad, I wanted to give him one just so he'd shut the fuck up and calm down. So they bring out their own ref. Rick Steiner's music hits, but nobody walks out. And we go backstage and find NWO Hollywood, the jobber NWO, is beating Rick's ass. And the giant just drags limp Rick Steiner out to the ring. And throws him in. Throws him in. Buff does dog barking sounds. Scott and Buff just beat the shit out of Rick. Bait and fucking switch. Thanks a lot. Rick hits some left-handed lariats to Buff and Scott, but gets low-blowed by Scott. Steiner recliner. And here comes Goldberg to make the save. By the way, who would not this feud between him and Scott would not be going anywhere anytime soon. He's just here to save Rick Steiner because reasons. Rick Steiner is WCW brother. Steiner flips him off. Scott Steiner does. And they start fighting. Goldberg hits a good-looking spear. I will give him that. He hits a good-looking spear to Scott Steiner. I thought he broke his ribs. He hit him so hard. But Buff hits Goldberg with a chair, who, of course, no-sells it before he can jackhammer Scott. Then Goldberg gets this poor NWO ref and press slams him into one of the other rings. Goldberg and Rick Steiner then hug, and he raises Rick's hand despite not winning this match that never started. So thank you for what a waste of Goldberg on this show. What a waste of Rick Steiner. What a waste of Scott Steiner. What a waste of fucking time in general. This is a nitro angle. I agree. If that. I agree. It doesn't even set up a program for Goldberg because as we know what happens at Starcade 98... 
that's not the direction they're going. So Now, if you didn't like that non-match, I hope you like this next non-match. It's brother versus brother again. Scott Hall. We just had a brother versus brother non-match, so why not another one? It's the Outsiders Explode, as we're going to get Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. They're going to brawl it out again. So here we go. Scott Hall comes out with NWO Hollywood. Then Eric Bischoff shows up. He came to work today for some reason, despite Hogan getting the day off. Bischoff says, survey time. The survey says, get him. And NWO Hollywood beat the shit out of Scott Hall. For reasons, of course. Kevin Nash then runs down and cleans house. We get an Outsiders chant as the crowd has turned heel on us. And they want an Outsiders reunion. They want Scott Hall to join the Wolf Pack is what they want. And Scott Hall holds up the too sweet sign. And Nash, you can't, it just walked away. Left him hanging. He got no sweet. Left him hanging. And so you have another non-match. Yeah. Back to back. An angle that really didn't even play that much into the Battle Royal later that night. I mean, it did, but it didn't really. Yeah. You thought, like, maybe Nash is having second feelings about Hall. They're going to... Not really. No. Now, this, in my opinion, is match of the night right here. God, help us. <laughs> Bobby Duncombe Jr., a match that came together from Thunder, I think, is out to take on Chris Jericho for the TV title, an unannounced match. With Ralphus. Yes, with Ralphus. Explain per- explain Ralphus to our, to our listening fans who have not seen a WCW. Ralphus was an actual truck driver for World Championship Wrestling for Turner Broadcasting. He I'm was. not sure. Jericho saw him one day and thought, this guy looks pretty funny. He's got no teeth. He's old. He's bald. He's fat. And Jericho, always trying to come up with his own program because no one's going to write anything for him, started incorporating him. And because, you know... Goldberg at this point in time was coming out with security. Yeah, Jericho felt he needed security as well. So he grabs a t-shirt that is... A belly shirt. Like four sizes too small. Writes on it... Jericho's personal security puts it on Ralphus and then proceeds to have Ralphus come to the ring with him every single week. Yes, and this would eventually build into Jericho challenging Goldberg to a match and Goldberg chicken shit never accepting it. They got into a legit fight backstage one time in WCW, but uh, Jericho was able to do this because, you know, the cruiserweights or whoever, if you're not in the, you know, if you're not in the, the click of WCW, then you could just do whatever. You yeah. Bring out Ralphus. Do whatever. We don't care. Yeah. So Jericho. Which made Ralphus... Uh, Ralphus was a playable character in WCW video games. And even after Jericho left the company, would get hooked up with Norman Smiley. We were not done with Ralphus. Yeah. Into the year 2000. Right. Congrats to Jericho for getting this guy some work. Yeah, I, mean, I want to see Ralphus go into a, a Hall of Fame somewhere. Because this man... This, this was someone who had no chance of being in the industry on screen wise and Jericho gave him the opportunity so Tony is still dismayed that Hulk Hogan is not here but Heenan rightly says Hogan never works Thanksgiving that's true Hogan's contract he only had to work so many main events he usually skipped out this this show unless he was booked to win of course was this on Thanksgiving it was near Thanksgiving I don't know what day Thanksgiving fell on, but close enough to where Hogan is not going to... I mean, he didn't work Starcade either, so... He doesn't work Thanksgiving, Christmas, Patrick. He's, you know, he gets those days off. He's not like, you know, you and I. Hell, I don't work Thanksgiving or Christmas. 
I don't think I've had those off in a long time. Jericho locks in a modified STF into a surfboard on Duncombe. Duncombe hits a vertical suplex and a big boot followed by some chops. Duncombe throws Jericho into the front row and Jericho hits him with a beer out of nowhere. And then a springboard clothesline from the guardrail. They get back in the ring. Jericho hits a missile dropkick into a rear chin lock. Duncombe escapes by just dumping Jericho on the turnbuckle. A shoulder breaker nets a near fall from Bobby Duncombe. But then he tries a cross-arm breaker, but Jericho makes it to the rope. Duncombe here looks so gassed in this match. A springboard dropkick takes Duncombe out to the mats. Jericho high-fives Ralphus, goes back into the control into the ring. Jericho tries a sunset flip, but Duncombe grabs him by the throat with both arms and hits a double chokehold slam, is what I'll call it, to Chris Jericho and gets a two-count. Jericho hits a lion salt for two. Jericho gets superplexed while he was trying for another missile dropkick. Jericho tries the lion tamer, but this dude's too big, so he can't hook it. Duncombe hits a second rope elbow for a near fall. I love that elbow, by the way. It's like a Vader bomb or a... And he just twists in midair and drops that elbow. It was badass. Ralphus then earns his pay by holding Duncombe's foot while he tries to slam Jericho. Duncombe is distracted with Ralphus, and so Jericho gets the belt. Belt shot, one, two, three. Jericho retains the TV title, the precious TV belt. In a match that was a match. Not the best out of either men. Uh, Bobby Duncombe should have been really trying his best here because, I mean, he was relatively new to the company. Put on a show. I like Bobby Duncombe. He sucks. No, he doesn't. Yes, he sucks, dude. He was terrible. Even in the West Texas Rednecks, he was the worst part of it. What? You know what? Rap is crap, all right? That's all I'm saying. It's time for the 60-man battle royal. It's time for World War III. I didn't make note of everyone who came out, but here's some notables. Barry Darso is in the first few people. Chris Adams. Ciclo Play. Horace Hogan. Beautiful Bobby Eaton. Big Papa Pump. IWGP champion Scott Norton. Scott Flash Norton. There's a break here when people come out, and we just stare at the screen while I don't know what's going on. They're they're grouping them together for specific ring ring. by ring. Yes. Scott Hall comes out, and we get Scotty Riggs, Rey Mysterio, who gets a big pop. Barry Horowitz is in this match, ladies and gentlemen. Bobby Eaton, Billy Kidman comes out, gets a nice pop. Mongo. Lex Luger in his Wolfpack shirt. Gotta sell those shirts. I know. I think not. we get a Scott Putzky, don't we? Yes, we do. Yes. Scott Putzky, and we get a. Uh... Oh, lots of lots of notables coming up. K Dog, Chris Canyon, Kevin Nash, then Johnny Swinger, The uh, Renegade, Scott Putzky, Silver King, Super Kolo, and Tokyo Magnum all back to back walking out. Lizmark Jr., Mike Enos, Lodi, Norman Smiley, Prince Ikea. Sergeant Buddy Lee Parker and Glacier. La Parka is somewhere in there. Yes. I mean, Um, pretty much everyone you can think of that showed up to work tonight. All the LWO seems to be in there. Oh, see, hey, I I think my good friend Johnny Swinger is going to win it now. See, now that I see Johnny, I'm all for Johnny. Glacier is the last man out. The final 20 go to the center ring. Tony still is dismayed that Hulk Hogan is not here. Pin submission or over the rope or through the rope or under the rope. Just get the fuck out. If, you're, if your feet hit the floor, you're eliminated. Plain and simple. Or if you're pinned or submitted, you're eliminated. The first on-camera eliminations, Norman Smiley, Super Kalo, are booted out by Nash. Lizmark, Scott Putzky. Oh, man. That was my pick. Scott Putzky, taken out by Nash. Tokyo Magnum is thrown out. Lenny Lane and Johnny Swinger are out. Damn. Damn. Swinger's gone. 
Kenny Chaos is out. El Dandy is thrown out by Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash pretty much eliminated his entire ring within seconds. Within seconds, we're down to 44 people. We've lost 16 people. Yeah. This is a world war. I mean, this is mass casualties here. Van Hammer eliminates Mike Enos for some reason. Hammer and Nash are now alone in ring three. Hammer gets booted over. And Nash gets the rest of this match off, pretty much, as he just gets to sit in his ring until we're down he, to 20. He waits till we're to 20, and we have to combine rings. So he is literally getting his break in. Catch his breath, relax, doesn't have to worry about being snuck up on and getting thrown over or nothing. He gets to chill. just chill. Paul Fallaway slams Psychosis out of the ring, which I thought was very dangerous. We're down to 35 people. Kidman dumps Canyon out. Kaz Hayashi is also out. Horace and the Disciple go out. They're in a feud with each other for some reason. Giant gently puts Chavo out, but Chavo gets back in, and it's six on one with Jobbers versus the Giant. Giant fights them off, and they go back to work on one another. Mongo and a group of wrestlers nearly eliminate Scott Hall, but he hangs on. Ray falls out, and he was 21, so 20 men are now left, and all the men have to report to ring number two. We're down to Booker T. We're down to Mongo. If you could name all 20, I'd be very surprised. We've got a few people that you would definitely not think would be. Booker T, Mongo, Dean Malenko, Chris Benoit, Kevin Nash, Lex Luger, Conan, Scott Hall. Wrath. Wrath. We got, uh... Okay, that's 10 right there. Disco Inferno. Disco, we're down to Chavo. Chavo's still in there. Yeah, Eddie. Eddie. Kidman. Billy Kidman. We have... um, Scott Norton. Oh, yeah, shit. Norton. Uh, All right, we're missing five. (laughs) I couldn't tell you who those five were. All right, so sorry. I got... The cat is in there. Oh, yeah. Ernest Miller. Perry Saturn. It's only a few people we didn't remember. The cat and Saturn brawl to the back before it even gets started. So they're eliminated before the final battle even begins. We're they down just, to 18. Alex Wright, I think, was in there. He was. Alex Wright goes over the ropes with Chavo, so they're out. Eddie is kicked out with Disco Inferno, so they're gone. Kidman is thrown out into the eliminated guys by Giant. Way to treat your new cruiserweight champion. He is just a chump. But the Giant just easily picks up and throws over. Fans on the hard camera, they take a wide shot that's really weird, and these guys on the hard camera take their shirts off and start... It's kind of distracting. The Outsiders uh, team up to try to eliminate the Giant, but Scott Norton stops them, and Giant throws them all back. Stevie Ray is dropped out by Lex Luger. Mongo, Steve Mongo McMichael is just 11 men away from headlining Starcade, WCW's WrestleMania. I, huh. I think Mongo can do it. Just kidding. He eliminates Norton, the IWGP champion, and then Nash just throws him out. So no Mongo main event. Sorry. It's all good because I don't want to see it. (laughs) Wrath made it to the final ten. Wow. Bam Bam Bigelow then jumps the rail because why not? You know, a good idea. I'm going to jump the ring and try to fight ten people at once for no reason. You know why? Because Bam Bam Bigelow is a badass. Yeah, so Bam Bam Bigelow shows how inefficient Doug Dillinger is at his job mm-hmm. and is e- able to easily jump the rail, this massive man. By the way, how did you not notice Bam Bam Bigelow in the crowd? There's no one else that looks like this guy with the tattooed head and the giant. I mean, he is... He's a massive man. Yeah, but no, no one seemed to notice, oh, this guy is sitting in the crowd all night. Apparently, Scott Hall, Kevin Nash, Scott Norton, they Luger, I mean, they just all start welling away at him. Yeah, so he can't fight them, so he gets thrown out of the ring. 
That's good. He already looks like a jackass. Oh, no, no, no. We need to make him look even worse. So here comes Goldberg to beat him again. Goldberg, though, looks like an idiot first because he, he runs the wrong side. the wrong side. fucking side. The wrong side. He if, can't find Bam Bam Bigelow either. If I go to that side of the ring, I'm not going to look like a dumbass and turn and you turn and go back. I'm going to follow that all the, way, all the way around. <laughs> I'm going to look like I'm building up steam to spear his head clean off. He eventually does, and they walk and brawl through the security goons. Scott Steiner is eliminated during this scuffle, as was Wrath. We didn't get to see that. Booker was eliminated. Now it's down to the final seven. The Wolfpack has three members, Conan, Luger, and Nash. Horsemen have Dean Malenko and Chris Benoit. And Hollywood has two, if you count Hall as being an NWO Hollywood. Conan goes after Hall and eliminates himself. Nash wants the group to come together and eliminate the Giant. Oh, the Giant was the other NWO Hollywood guy. The group does. They come together and dump the Giant over, and now we're down to five. Two Horsemen, two Wolfpack, and Scott Hall. Last year's winner. The Horsemen go after Scott Hall. Nash and Luger dump out Benoit, and Hall dumps out Malenko, so the Horsemen are easily disposed of. Now it's the Outsiders with Lex Luger. Nash starts hitting Luger despite... Hall still being in the match. The Wolfpack, hello guys, team up. Nash starts hitting Luger. Luger's almost eliminated by Nash, but Hall saves him. Bionic forearm to Nash. Bionic forearm to Hall. He calls for the torture rack. He picks up Scott Hall for the torture rack, and Nash just Out simply... Out of nowhere, Nash comes up, big boots him, they both fall over. By Nash, who must have eliminated 30 people out of the 60, wins! Because this is the time around when he was booking... I had a lot of say in the booking, and so Nash wins in his hometown. By the way, if you win World War Three, unlike if you win the Rumble, uh, you usually have a good shot at winning the belt at WrestleMania, but if you win World War Three, uh, two out of three times they lost. It didn't even guarantee you a shot at Starcade. The Giant got his at Sold Out, Scott Hall got his at Uncensored, and Kevin Nash got his at Starcade. So it's just a random time to be determined. It's not even... It's like winning Battle Bowl. You'll get one one day. Yeah. Trust us. We would never, you know, go back on our word. We're not going to lie to you and say we're giving you matches that aren't going to pan out. Luger hugs Nash, so there's no dissension in the wolf pack. And there you go. That was World War Three, The World War Three Battle Royal. Now it's time for our main event for the prestigious U.S. title, which was, of course, abandoned by Bill Goldberg. So very prestigious. Uh dropped when he won the world title DDP had assumed it, Bret Hart had assumed it, they had been fighting back and forth for it, this is our blow off to DDP and Bret Hart Michael Buffer gets us ready for the main event, are you ready? Yes we are Heel Bret Hart comes out to his terrible theme music DDP comes out to his terrible dubbed theme music and it kills his entrance because there's no audio of the crowd because you, all, you, all you get is Michael Buffer and his music. Why do they not play Self High Five? It's too similar to a Nirvana song. Okay. It smells like Teen Spirit, and so they're scared of playing it. I don't know. DDP throws hard into the ring steps and chairs because he's a dirty heel. Would that not be, just back on that, would that not be part of, like, all copyrights of that? Would that not be part of the sale when they bought WCW? They're just afraid. I mean, because, like, on the VHS, probably, that WCW put out of this event, it was probably on there. It but, is. like, uh, WWE was probably just... There have been a lot of trademark and like copyright infringement cases with music in the last 15 years that they're just probably spooked out that if it sounds even close they'll just cut it they don't want any trouble 
That's like, I thought they bought the rights to do uh, Hogan's music. I mean, hell is in the fucking video game, so why don't they just keep it? It's only in that one video game. It's only in Shut Your Mouth. Is so why do Voodoo they, Child. Why do they not just keep it in there, though? I mean, they There's the probably a different... It. It's probably a different rate. A different rights fee rate for the network than it is for a video game. They'll pay for some stuff, you know. Like, they pay for, you know, at X7, they pay for that Limp Biscuit song. And they pay for, like, Stone Cold's Disturbed theme. Like, they pick and choose... But they just—it's probably because it's WCW and fuck them. That's probably the real reason. Is like deep down, it's a yeah. Like we could pay for this. We have the money, but fuck you guys. Like that's yeah. probably what it comes down to. DDP is wrestling like a heel, and he throws Bret Hart into the ring steps and chairs. What an asshole, DDP! You're supposed to be the people's champion. DDP and Hart brawl through the ring. Uh, they brawl through ring three and end up in ring two. DDP inside Cradle's heart for a two count. Heart chokes DDP on the second rope with his knee, and DDP spits on the camera. That is so gross. Page hits a swinging neckbreaker for a two count. Tries a diamond cutter, but Brett slides away from it. Well scouted. A Russian leg sweep for two on Page. Hart tries a tombstone. Of course, that move that Brett Hart always hits, the tombstone, you know. He tries one, but Page reverses it into one of his own for two count. This is... The problems when you carefully script out matches, you have wrestlers doing things that they don't usually do. Hart would never try a tombstone pile driver, but okay. Not in a million years. A backbreaker to Page from Hart. Hart blasts Page with some forearms, but Page hits a belly-to-belly for a two-count. A discus lariat from Page, and then tries a pancake, and it is shitty-looking because Hart took the bump on his knees. He was scared. Uh, that he was going to get killed by Dallas Page on this move, so he took it on his knees. The two men go sailing over the ropes. Hart slips something out of his tights, but Charles Robinson, hey, good call here, ref. Uh, he sees it, and he takes it away, because it slips out of Bret Hart's hand, and so Charles puts it in his pocket. Yeah. Page puts Hart in the worst-looking sharpshooter I've ever fucking seen. This makes the Rock sharpshooter look amazing. Page... Not a submission uh, specialist. Locks in a sharpshooter on his knees. Yes, that's how loose and shitty this thing looked. (laughs) It might be the worst I've ever seen. (laughs) And Tony, again, losing all credibility, says, Well, we don't see Paige do that move, but it was a darn good one. And Mike Tanay, saving his credibility, just stays silent. Does not say anything. Hart softens up DDP's legs on the bottom ropes. Got to get him ready for that sharpshooter. Then slams him into the post. He hits the figure four on the post to DDP. A move which we never see anymore. Elbows to Page's knee. A figure four on Page in the middle of the ring. Hart uses the ropes for leverage. Hart just continues to attack the leg. DDP throws Hart out of the ring into some steps. Crotches him on the guardrail. Then does the turnbuckle figure for himself, and it actually looked okay. Good job, DDP. You got one thing, right? DDP, the face in the match, by the way, grabs a chair, goes to wail Bret Hart with it, but Charles Robinson, again, man, you're on top of things tonight, buddy. He's right on top. Takes the chair away. Yep. But DDP gets shoved into Robinson, so Robinson takes a ref bump. Hart retrieves his knucks. The shitty NWO ref from earlier, we thought we were done with you. No. Is Hart with the NWO? We don't know. We would never know because this was never really explained on television. Like, he had an association with Hogan, but he wasn't wearing the colors. 
He was with the NWO one week and then he wasn't. So more confusion. That shitty NWO ref is out. Hart decks DDP with the Nux and he's out. The NWO ref calls for the bell and whoever the timekeeper was apparently was in on the fix and rings the bell. Ding, ding, ding. We have a new champion. The crowd boos this. The NWO ref gives Hart the belt. That's how we're going to end the show. And our Cauliflower Club Hall of Famer Mickey J stands up to DDP. And DDP diamond cuts Hart. Charles Robinson wakes up from his coma and counts the three despite the match being over. The bell rings again and DDP is declared the winner, gets his belt, and exits through the crowd as DDP would often do. A Starcade promo runs. I wonder if they'll mess that one up. We'll just have to wait and see. As I thought this main event, these guys did not work well together. I hate no. to say it. Different. I mean, DDP's more of a brawler. And I mean, Bret Hart has had good matches with brawlers before, but... This was not one of them. Hart was probably highly unmotivated. Uh, had been in WCW nearly a year, and they had nothing for him. They had no idea for him. And was probably creatively frustrated and didn't give a shit about this match and didn't pour in the effort that you would see in, I don't know, an Iron Man match or a First Blood match at a WrestleMania. It really suffered. Uh, Diamond Dallas Page didn't even look that great. Uh, it was flat. The energy of the cruiserweight title match was not to be recaptured. World War III suffers from what I think the Rumble suffers from today, where you know it's only these certain people that can win it, so the crowd isn't really even that into it, because, like, yeah. oh, it's Nash. Of course it's Nash. Who else could it be, you know? Yeah. The other people left in that final ten, a few of them had won the damn thing before, so you know it's not going to be them, and you know it's not going to be Wrath, so... It's flat. All the matches before the Cruiserweight title match were flat. You had fake bait-and-switch matches with Hall and Nash and with Rick and Scott Steiner. This was awful. This was one of the worst pay-per-views we've reviewed, and I had the pleasure of picking it, and I'm sorry. That's just how it is. I'm not going to send us to any better ones, so. So that's what happened. That was uh, World War III, a terrible, terrible time. It was, it, I would have been furious if I spent money on it. I wouldn't have spent money on it. It was rough to watch. I'm not even going to lie. Even for me. that was It was difficult. Yeah, I mean, even the bad matches and the non-matches were short, but they felt like an eternity. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even a 60-man battle royal only lasted 22 minutes. And you had Nash just... Everyone Dude, looked like he shit. he fucking ran through people. Like, I understand... They're building them up for Goldberg, yeah. I understand doing six, seven people in 30 seconds. But that fucking ring he was in, man, it was cleared of 20 people. 29 other people were gone within, what, five minutes, I'd say? And over half of that. I mean, 20 people. So he threw 19 people out, basically all by himself, in five minutes. No, I wouldn't even say that. Like, three and a half. (laughs) It was literally that. And then he got to sit around and be lazy for perfect booking if you were booking. I mean, that's how I would book myself as well. Like, the most rest time. And the storyline with Hall didn't pay off at all. No. I mean, that would be saved for Starcade, sadly. Uh, but this... Why even do the angle on this show when it's not going to come into play in the match yeah. at all? Yeah. Scott and Rick. Yeah, Rick wasn't in the... World War Three hurt his arm, so there's no no payoff to that non-match either. Just awful, terrible, terrible awfulness 
from top to bottom. They got lucky with the cruiserweight match because these are guys that just wanted to perform. I enjoyed I enjoyed seeing Bobby Duncan. Dude, he sucks. He's terrible. I, no, he's not. Yes, man. he's awful. He was an awful signee, and he was a drug addict. And just, I have no time for that. I just have no time for Bobby Duncan Jr. I have no time for this pay per view. I can't believe that I watched it. So we're gonna take. I'm gonna take you to one better. Three hours of my life that I won't get back. That on my deathbed I'll regret. That man, if I only had three more hours. But I gave him to WCW World War III 1998. Now on our rating scale of Hornswoggle, who was in the Greatest Royal Rumble, by the way, to Giant Gonzalez, who has sadly passed away. Where do you rank World War III on that? prestigious rating scale. Ralphus. Ralphus. I'm going to rank it a NWO referee guy. There you go. Not Nick Patrick. That would be too great of a compliment. (laughs) As we go on to episode 78 next week, where do you take us? Hopefully something good, right? Something great. WCW can't book bad main events. It's It's impossible. It's not possible. So going into this... It's like NXT. They hit it out of the park every time. Going into this pay-per-view, your world heavyweight champion is none other than David Arquette. Excuse me? Yes. You heard me correct. Your world heavyweight champion... Was there a wrestler named David Arquette that just... It was, you know, a coincidence that he had the same name as this actor guy from a movie? No, no. The actor himself, David Arquette, was the world's heavyweight champion. He now, going into this on Thunder... That past three days earlier, Thursday. Uh, it was a week. It was the week before Thunder. Okay. A week before, going into, on Thunder, he won the World Heavyweight title, and he now has to defend it right here tonight at Slamboree 2000 inside of a triple cage. That makes total sense. I mean, yeah. Of course. Naturally. I'm all for it. We're going to have to watch Slamboree 2000. That's that's what you brought uh, for me. That's, that's, that's what my you. gift. Yes. Is this WCW NWO revenge? Is that what this is? Yes. Is this is revenge? <laughs> We're going down a dark road here. We are. We are. Our fans are going to quit listening. So, not only that, but Nitro May eighth two thousand. The uh, the just the intro part with the promo. Yeah. David Arquette is it's very entertaining. Uh, well, don't spoil it. Don't give it away. No, it I'm only, not going it to. It only but, happened 18 years ago. But we're going. We'll go ahead and excerpt that into it as well, because God forbid it, it is without. You a need to know the whole story. Yeah. To be honest, we should do the trifecta. You should. We should have to watch Ready to Rumble. We should have to watch the Thunder, and then watch Slamboree, and then the Nitro. So four things, a four-parter. I would love to do that. No, actually. I can't watch Ready to Rumble anymore. <laughs> I tried the other day. It's on. It's on HBO Go. It was, or it was a few months ago, and tried to give it a chance but i just see dude i love it i love it i think it's better than it's i think it's better than no holds barred i think it's better than i literally put it up there as the greatest wrestling movie of all time the wrestler is much better it's it's a different move i mean it's darker well yeah but it's comedy it it makes i think ready to rumble is better than the chaperone oh god yeah i mean i can give it it's better than knucklehead it's better than a lot of these wwe studio films but it still sucks it doesn't mean it's still a turd is still a turd. Doesn't matter what kind it is. I love Ray Rumble, man. I do. I'm sure you do. I do. There's a lot of great cameos in it. I just wish uh, 
as a Sting fan, it should have been all about quick discussion about Ready to Rumble, just very briefly. We might as well. No, 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 no just it. very briefly. I just wish that instead of Jimmy King being an actor, they yeah. had just let it be Dallas Page or Sting or somebody. Let it be a real wrestler. That makes sense. And then he's on your roster week to week, too. So it's not like Jimmy King, who's an imaginary wrestler who you'll never see again. Then you can at least get something out of it. Then you could at least get it. I mean, I guess, I mean, that's sort of what they did with David Arquette, where he was the big heel you got out of that movie that could say, you know, I'm from Hollywood and stuff. But anyway. I wonder why Hogan wasn't in this movie. Too what? much money. That, do you think that's what it was? He was still with the company. Yeah. Because it was filmed in 99. And this was before 2000 with the whole Bash at the Beach bullshit. Right. Bischoff wasn't in it. Bischoff had been fired, and that's who Joe Pan- Joey Pants, who plays the promoter, was originally going to be Bischoff. But, yeah, I guess they just couldn't afford- can't afford me, brother. And he also doesn't like to work, so. Well, next week, Slamboree 2000. Oh, boy. Another three hours of our lives just pissing down the drain. You're gonna love it. I guarantee you. Triple cage, man! Triple cage! Alright, that'll do it for this week. You can follow us. You know where to follow us. You're listening. You followed us. I'm intern Alex. I'm the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history. Patrick Young. Saying, as always, Mike Lozenline's clothesline. And bingo bango. They call him Champion. Master of the Ring. A phenomenon unmatched. He is their worst nightmare. You cannot hurt him! All you've done is make him mad! Awesome. And you don't want to make him mad! Powerful. Fearless. Took him out of his book. Unstoppable. We have seen the future of professional wrestling in its But now the man they call Goldberg faces his biggest challenge. It's WCW NWO Starcade. Sunday, December 27th, live and only on pay-per-view. Call your cable or satellite company to order now. 